Hi, I'm Aista Phillips, the Master Blender at Pendarin Distillery. Hi, I'm Bethan Morgans, Distillery Manager of Pendarin Distillery, and you're listening to the Cask Chasers podcast. Hey, Cask Chasers. In today's episode, we are pretty excited because we are going to be talking to the team from one of our favorite distilleries. You've probably heard us mention them about 100 times an episode, but it's for a really great reason, because it's Pendarin Distillery. Some delicious special stuff is going on there. So get ready to listen in to Ice to Phillips, the master blender, and Bethan Morgan's distillery manager tell us a bit more about their craft. Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cask Chasers podcast. Bobby and Aaron. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty stoked about what we get to talk about today because there's some people from one of our favorite distilleries joining us not too far out. I feel like we constantly talk about Pendarin. Like it's, we, we're not even paid to. We just bring it up all the time. It's such a beautiful whiskey. And I found it at a, I met Mike Wheeler, who um, is their, their ambassador at a uh, local tasting event. I went to that. And he's just a keen salesman, so he tricked me into drinking it and falling in love with it. How how difficult was that tricking One process? glass, I was like, I want more. And that's all it was. No, it's fantastic. So super excited about these guests. So Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I I feel like all I do is talk about Pendarin on on this uh, podcast. We'll what if you about, didn't agree? Well, I totally disagree. <laughs> like, what do we have? But now? no, uh, what what I'll do is uh, we'll we'll be talking about bourbon. I'll be like, yeah, and how about Pendarin? Pendarin's re- what? What are you talking about? Why do you always bring that Why up? You at Thanksgiving because I love it. But um, everything from the I love everything from the core line. Uh, the Celt is my favorite in in the core line. Plus the the special bottlings we've been getting, and I think we have a thirteen year here with us as well. And it's just it's all been head and shoulders above what what I expected initially and it, it's just all been fantastic so I'm excited about our guests also we're Katie. really pumped and Aaron and I are doing well yeah oh, we're good. doing well oh, thanks good. for asking yeah. also no it was in my heart that. even you if s- I didn't say anything you normally ask and you didn't this time so I don't know if you don't care or you're just assuming but, but we're doing well and we're going to assume our, our listeners care so yeah. for you guys we're doing well I think it's all right because we're on to bigger and better things. <laughs> <laughs> so without any further ado, I do want to welcome Ista Phillips and Beth and Morgans from Pendarin. Welcome, guys, to the podcast. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Sending greetings from Wales. Sunny Wales. <laughs> I feel so welcomed. I'm already excited. <laughs> so something interesting. Um, we are... I, I'm going to have to remember the town. So we live in a town called Havity Grace, and that's in Maryland. One of the first intros to um, Pendarin was our mayor went to a town in Wales, our sister town. So we have a, I guess there's this thing in the world, sister towns, where one town in one country will have a sister in another country, whatever. Do you remember? It's on our sign, actually, the Welsh town. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. I'm just having flashbacks to going to, to church, and we always had like sister parishes around the world. So kind of. This sounds cooler. So on our, on our town sign is this Welsh city, and our mayor actually went to Wales, and then that's where he found, he's a good friend of ours, so he found um, this whiskey and then brought it back to us and said, hey. This town's cool, but so is the juice. So 
that was, and then I just happened to meet Mike Wheeler um, at a tasting, and I thought, wait a second, I know this. So I was like baptized into Pandaren like a month in. Like it just kept, like the world was telling me, you got to be drinking this because it kept coming out of left field in different directions. Glad I did. So there's that. But seriously, thank you both for coming on. We're excited. And one of the reasons we were specifically asking and hoping that we could talk with you guys today. So, Aista, you're the master blender, Bethan, distillery manager. Um, we've been working on a women in whiskey series that we started releasing at the beginning of March. And we just really want to make sure that we were learning from and learning about and then also highlighting the amazing work that women in the industry are doing. And I know when Bobby and Aaron were introducing me to Pandaren and I had my first tasting with them, which was I talk about it a lot. I understand why they mention you guys a whole lot. <laughs> but they also shared how there's just an amazing uh, female team at Pandaren that was created not intentionally, but just because people are looking for the best talent. So maybe to get us started, if, if one of you could kind of speak a little bit about, you know, how you came to Pandaren and, and where your journey there started, that'd be amazing to hear. Uh, yeah, I think well, if it's okay with Beth and I'll, I'll start it. <laughs> I think uh, from three of us, it, I was the first one which uh, joined in, and a month and a bit later, Laura joined Pandaren as well. So um, my background is uh, chemical engineering, and uh, originally I'm from Lithuania. So came to UK, um, and uh, after I had a really great job in uh, Alzheim, which uh, was a research lab, and uh, they were doing kind of project uh, getting galantamine from daffodils, which a daffodil is uh, a Welsh flower. Mm -hmm. And uh, the galantamine is, uh, it was the main component for the drug uh, of Alzheimer's disease. That's why it was Alzheimer's. From daffodils. And uh, it was really great. And uh, uh, the whole story was that there's uh, Welsh gold and everything. But uh, sadly, we were all that credit crunch and so on, um, company uh, went to liquidation. And uh, mm. I started looking for jobs, uh, jobs like related to the labs as I've been doing the job, but it kind of that the um, surrounding. And uh, just sent CVs everywhere where I was thinking that it is possible to get a, a lab job. And um, later I had a phone call from uh, uh, Stephen Davis asking to come and have a chat. And um, after chat, he had a, a phone call saying, would you like to join in? And uh, here we go. And I was here. And um, yeah, the Julian, which uh, was uh, uh, before us, uh, which started with uh, Pandaren, uh, she was moving to Scotland and she had the, the job in uh, uh, Glamorangi, so it was a, a place coming. And really, um, she was still there when I joined in for a couple of weeks, but uh, because uh, she was rushing to do uh, things around that, I really had probably a couple of days with her, so not a lot. And after it was just uh, the first meet with her, uh, um, Dr. Swan and uh, we start learning from there and uh, and the the first uh, uh, contract was six months I see as it goes and after six months become nine years and I'm still still here and uh, trying <laughs> to create something new. <laughs> well, it's and, 
It sounds like it sounds like it's been a heck of a journey from, you know, research, daffodils, Alzheimer yeah. medication to, you know, whiskey now. <laughs> it makes well, sense. Well, yeah. But what what is funny really and what is kind of like linked, well, not linked, but the sound like is linked that the, when I was in Alzheimer, they all were talking about the a Welsh gold and I'm coming in Pendarin and he is a Welsh gold. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> How about you, Bethan? Because you're you're a woman of science as well, right? Yeah. So um, back in 2017, I was actually coming towards the end of my university degree. So I was studying public health and nutrition, um, and I I saw um, an ad for a trainee distiller um, in at the distillery, and I thought, right, this sounds pretty cool. Um, and I was actually looking for a job at the time, so I thought, yeah, why not apply? Um, and I was actually studying um, a module in uni um, called sensory analysis. Um, so I was doing all of the sensory analysis with foods and things like that. Um, so I had a bit of, uh, well, I had known how to do that. But then I thought whiskey, because it, it actually said sensory analysis with the whiskey. And I thought, well, it can't be too different. So, mm. you know, I've got a bit of experience. Um but then I actually realized when I actually came and started doing the job, it's completely different. You're looking for completely <laughs> different things. Um, but on the interview, um, they actually assessed my nose. And it was the same, I think, with Eister and Laura as well, um, just to make sure that my nose was good enough to detect all of those different things and the different aromas in, in whiskey. So um, I knew my nose was good enough. I just needed to continue that training when I started. So, yeah, it was completely new to me. Um but yeah, I've been here since 2017 um, and I've managed most of the operations since then um, at the distillery. So anything from the milling and mashing side of things all the way through to the distillation and then sending all the new mix spirit down to Ister. So I kind of hand over everything to Ister then and then down at the, the warehouse. How how stressful oh, was that uh, sensory analysis? Because I'm just imagining, you know... I'm, you guys know perfectly well. You can study for exams. You can practice and do your research for an interview. I guess at some point when you're doing a sensory analysis, though, it's just what you're, you know, physiologically bringing to the table. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, at the time, I thought, okay, the interview went really well. So I thought, you know, I, I may have a chance here. And then on the second interview, it was testing my nose. And I thought, okay, I have no control over this whatsoever. <laughs> my nose is just going to work for itself right now. And then I've just got to you know, you have no idea how, how that goes until you get sort of the results of it. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a strange one. <laughs> so what does it look like? You, you, you hand it down to Ista and there's a there's a unspoken, speaking of nose, communication that's happening where you're trying to maintain a certain profile and you're handing it to her to maintain, to you, Ista, to make, maintain a, a profile, but you're also putting your own spin on it. Do you, do you talk? Do you, uh, so I assume there's a lot of conversation about what you're both trying to achieve from a new make to the finished product. What does that communication between the two of you kind of look like? Unspoken and spoken, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, well, I think uh, to start off, uh, it was uh, um, a lot of uh, Dr. Swan influence that uh, to uh, make sure that the Pandaren style spirit is uh, 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 smooth, um, easy, um, light, uh, fresh, uh, fruity, and uh, kind of like a, 
uh, lightish style of the spirit. So knowing the style of spirit, and that's why Beth and Jobs involved to keep up with it, that uh, I carry on um, uh, checking the quality and uh, making sure that the, that style is carry on. Um, that's that's what she is involved, and that knowing that uh, for me is after is easier. Just like communication is like we always say, uh, are in touch uh, uh, distillery and warehouse uh, to each other, and uh, really is like uh, um, and now and then I'm jumping in the uh, the whiskey, the samples if uh, Bethan is on holidays or uh, this uh, loads or as it was uh, um, illness or something else. Uh, so it's like I'm jumping, checking. At the same time, if I'm creating something new, I'm passing the, to Beth and the, the sample. So they, it's, it's a teamwork and uh, we're always working together. And But the, the style of the, the spirit is, is kind of like it. That's style of Pandaren. So when you know that, yeah, I'm trying to uh, select the casks and... Uh, um, uh, different wine finishes with uh, um, a style that it will save to Pandaren. Yeah. So, like Ista said, really, the, we've got a certain standard at new make level. Um, and then it's just making sure that we, we finally tune all of the variables that can change that quality. So, anything from, you know, the machining process, the fermentations, all the way through to the distilling. Um, is making sure we don't deviate too far away from that standard and just ensuring we've got that quality as it should be. Um, and I think once you've got that, you've got a, a nice um, base to work from then for the maturation side of things. So as long as we're achieving that, then Ista can obviously, she's got a, a good head start then with, you know, the maturation process. Yeah. And, and as well as like if uh, it's uh, something, well, Bethan is going through the samples of spirit and checking that this something not quite right. That uh, she's always letting me know, and then I can kind of like in my head to, to know. All right, then. Well, that spirit maybe will take longer to mature, so I might well put them in the deeper char casks, which will clear the problems which is in the spirit. So is is well like is a teamwork. It's not that one man's. On one person's job, so we're always working as a team, and uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's and I think it's really lucky that we've both got experience in both areas. So yeah. um, for a year, I spent um, a year of my training. I spent with Ista, so working alongside Ista, putting batches together, doing a bit of blending, things like that. Um, and prior to Ista going to the warehouse, she was actually working at the distillery, so um, she's able to manage both areas as well. So. Um, it just helps with that communication. We both know what's expected in both areas. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, you can definitely taste that team teamwork, that effort in your whiskey. It's so balanced and, and so well made. Um, you know, Bethan, you had a quote where you said, working in a distillery is unpredictable. And um, I, I, we talk to a lot of distilleries and uh, people within the, the industry. Being unpredictable you're, I mean, it's a science, right? So you're working with chemicals that can do and take away from anything in the environment and change and maybe become something you didn't want them to, and that's a happy change or not. So I, I imagine sticking with that communication between the two, that strong bond you kind of you kind of make, and then that unpredictable thing happens. Uh, Mike told us a story about the first peated whiskey 
that you accidentally produced. It's one of my favorite stories, but that's an mm-hmm. example. I think of that kind of that pr- unpredictability that becomes something really cool. And you guys as a team are able to make amazing and, you know, roll out as something purposeful, I guess. Right. All right. So we have here with us, um, I'd like for you guys to touch on it and talk about it a little bit. Um, we've got a bottle of the, the 13 year, the rich Oak single cask, uh, 13 year. And, uh, However you want to talk about it, if you just want to talk about the process of it, you know, kind of where it came from, the idea behind it, marketing, if you want to go into that. Your what, favorite thing. Your favorite thing. If <laughs> The color of the box, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd like to hear uh, from both of you just sort of your point of view on that. And we're going to be we're going to be tasting it while we're talking to you here. Um, Bethan, if, if you want to start talking about it from a position of distillery manager and sort of how that came about and we'll go from there. Yeah, well, um, everyone always asks how we're unique, and there's a lot of ways in which we're unique, but there's one thing, is that we, we're typically a non-age statement company, um, and I think as the market sort of developed in the US, we recognised as a company that there is a demand um, now and again for vintage casks, casks of age, um, and I think we're flexible, we aim to please. Um, and then that was just something as a result of, uh, well, chance really. I don't think we planned on putting, um, an age statement on any of our, our packaging. Um, but, you know, occasionally we come across some very unique casts. Um, and I think they deserve to be celebrated as well. So it's nice that we have got a chance to put that on the label. Um, and yeah, I still can talk you through on how she came across. That particular cask and bottling. Yeah, yeah. Um, states for some reason really uh, focusing on the age. Where really we more focusing on the flavors and the, like. Buffon uh, said that the, the age statement is not is nothing, not everything. Um, but uh, uh, when with a single cask, it is a really different country looking at the different things and. Uh, when customers is asking uh, to send some samples for possible their single cast, you kind of like focusing uh, from which country a request is coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, as um, Sam is like, uh, no one's uh, focusing that, oh, as old as better. So we're trying to see what we can do, what we can have uh, the, the older stock and that you could put the age on it. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Going through the samples, uh, uh, preparing the batches, uh, it's like sometimes you're coming across uh, something which is uh, more uh, special, more different from the uh, usual uh, barrels or the Madeira barrels. And um, it always, you, uh, you're nosing and after you think, oh, well, it's really, it's, it's really nice, it's, it's different. Shall we put it on the side and after you coming back to it and again it's like it's improving or it's not improving. And uh, with um, that cask uh, uh, is um, as well is the first word tricked it was really very dark in color, it was really rich mm-hmm. and it's like a straight away it's like, like wow, that's that's will be uh, something different. And uh, yeah, and you you know it's um it's so like sweet, it's so rich, it's jammy and uh, it toffee is coming as well, and and on the palate is uh, so jammy. It's tropical fruits. Uh, um, it's it, it's like you straight away you think it's like wow, that's 
that needs to be a single casket. You can't blend it in in a just a normal batch. It's like it's it's too good. And that, that's how uh, I ended up the sample uh, in the Impex, and there uh, they, they chose the to be as a single cask for them. I don't want to discredit the work that you guys are putting into this by saying it's all luck, but there's something very special that I think is just like around Pendarin because every time I even nose one of your guys' whiskeys, Bobby and Aaron can tell you before we joined this call with you guys today, I'm I'm nosing it and I'm just like, damn it, that smells so good. (laughs) You know, it's just... There's something very unique about what you guys are doing for sure. She didn't want to even have a conversation. She wanted to bury herself in the glass for like an hour. I'm like, we got we have people to talk to. We can't just but it it is one of those it's a very unique barrel pick. I can tell in the flavor and the, I can I can almost I can almost put myself in the room with you when you pick it because I would have loved to seen you draw this out of the barrel, taste it for the first time and go, "Wow, what is this?" That is superb. The bourbon notes are so pleasantly blended with that what we know as welsh whiskey they dance amazing together i mean there's a spiciness balanced by that light kind of you know that subtle fragrance a greenery it's it's all there and it's just it it works so 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 well i um i i it's it's buffalo trace i believe was the was the barrel source Beginning, it was uh, Buffalo Trace, but after it's uh, been transferred into um, our cold SDR casks, which is scraped, toasted, and recharged. And uh, that's uh, where it's come more deeper color and uh, those uh, 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 toffee caramel and uh, um, sweetness as well. It's like, uh, because it's an ex red wine rejuvenated cask. So uh, then it was toasted and recharged. It, it bring that caramelized uh, wine, which is was still in the wood, and uh, brought back the the sweetness and um, and the, from the wood they came up the all the tro- tropical fruits and uh, as well as it was in the bourbon before, it came up uh, some vanilla notes and uh, some bananas and pineapple. So is the influence of the uh, the bourbon. Uh, casks and uh, after obviously str i finished uh. it reminds me of in willy wonka and the chocolate factory (laughs) here we go (laughs) i know but um if you've seen the movie the part where violet gets a hold of the gum that's supposed to be an entire like three-course meal in a single piece of chewing gum right and she's all sassy about it like there's no way that it can just hit all this stuff and in nosing this and then i just took a bit of a taste of it too um, holy cow. Yeah. To go from the sweetness, the lightness, the, the vanilla on the nose. And then I didn't have any idea how to get the, the tropical fruit that you guys were talking about that we were reading about before, but that just sings through, you know? So there's so many layers. We, we agree to, I think at the table, I'm going to speak for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're not age statement snobs. Um, I, we, there is a movement, there is a mentality, but I think it's kind of fading away where enough people are doing non-age stated whiskeys that you, they, they are learning to appreciate whiskeys that they learn that are pretty young, but they wouldn't have known that. And they taste it first, they love it, and they say, what, this is only three, two, four, whatever years. I think it's cool every now and again to get something with an age on it because it just tells you 
it's been through something. It's been there for a while. You, you, you imagine the, it's sitting in the Rick house all by itself, the world that's changing around it. But you don't need it to be age-dated to be delicious. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I, I'm glad you said that because I want the listeners to know you, you don't have to go find something with an age slapped on it for it to be delicious. That being said, <laughs> this is superb. It's very and good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very, very well done. Well done, team. That's, uh, that's excellent. And this is Katie's bottle, so we're not. We've been told we can't take it home <laughs> three yeah, times. We're not. We're not going to take it home. Yeah, so. it's ours. We're keeping it. So that's what you think. <laughs> so, if I can jump in, I, there's a uniqueness that I'm. I'm very interested in. Um, everything about you is unique, which is great. Your copper still. I think the Faraday still is what it's called. Am I? Am I right? Can we talk yeah, a little? Yeah. B- it's so cool. Um, when I met Mike the first time again, I asked him. He were talking about it. And it was almost like a CIA secret. He wouldn't let me even, <laughs> I, I said, oh, you have blueprints. Can I look? He's like, I'd have to kill you. It's such a cool and unique way to process whiskey. Can you, from a science point of view, can you tell us a little bit more, more about what that, what that really means? What makes it so unique? Yeah, so we're not like your traditional scotch where we distill with a two-pot system. Um, our still is actually a single-pot system. System. So um, it's a pot with a column on top, and then it leads over to a separate column. So it's two columns in total. Um, and we have a series of copper perforated plates throughout each column. Um, and that means that when we heat the washer, um, the vapors rise and they naturally condense at each plate um, until they finally go over the line arm and into the bottom of the second column. And then they start, they repeat the process. So they continue to rise up the second column, um, hit the condenser, and then cascade back down to the seventh plate where we extract the, the new mixed spirit. Um, and the way that it's set up, it means that we've, we actually get a really light, um, really light fruits coming through, um, delicate, clean spirit. Um, and it's, we draw off at an industry high at 90% uh, ABV. So I think that's 180 proof, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an industry high. Um, and even at that high strength, it's really um, light and delicate and fruity. So it's, it's unique from the beginning. Um, and we, we draw off that seventh plate uh, because that's where Dr. Jim Swan was happy with the quality of the spirit. So... He did a number of trials, um, drawing off different plates throughout the column. And he said, no, that's, that's the point where we need to draw off. That's perfect. Um, it gives, it gives us a really unique and a nice blank canvas to work from. So essentially there's less work for the casks to do. So the casks are just, um, because it's so clean to begin with, the casks are purely there to add their flavors rather than extract any impurities from the new make as well. Um, so yeah, it gives us a real, um, head start with the maturation process and it's, yeah, it's really unique. Um, it was designed by Dr. David Faraday, um, who is a, a descendant of the, the scientist, uh, Sir Michael Faraday. Um, so yeah, it, it's a really unique system. Um, and we are the only ones to have that, that here. Um, back in 2013 and 14, we underwent a, a huge expansion here at the distillery. Um, and we actually got a replica of the original still made as well. Oh, so wow. we're making off both of those. 
um, as well as we did add um, a couple of pot stills as well just to experiment with. Um, but yeah, everything that you've got there is from the Faraday still. See, this is one of the things that I always geek out a little bit about, just the the history behind each distillery or even the type of spirit we're drinking. So I don't know if you guys had any thoughts, but I'd love to hear them. If you wanted to speak just a minute on kind of how Pendaren is reviving the whiskey industry in Wales specifically and what it's meant to you guys to be a part of that journey. Um, yeah, so prior to um, the opening of Pendaren, uh, distill, distilling in Wales was pretty much a lost art. Um, the, the last operating distillery in Wales um, prior to Pendarium was, uh, it, it closed in 1903. Mm. Um, so there was a, quite a long period where there was no distilling in Wales at all. Um, and then the idea of Pendarium started um, a, over a casual conversation in the pub between the founders. Um, they were they were quite angry at the thought that they could sit in their pub, um, they could drink Welsh beer and eat Welsh cheese and things like that, but they couldn't drink Welsh whiskey. Um, so it just started like a casual conversation, and then they actually made it happen. Um, and this was back in 2000. Um, so yeah, they started distilling then. They purchased the Faraday still. They started distilling, and then we actually opened and launched our first whiskey in 2004 um and that was done by the prince of wales he came to visit um and basically launched the distillery and the visitor center here at Pendarin. so that was a really good day for us um and we're hoping now to expand and open two new distilleries one which would be up in north wales where it's not exactly where the original Welsh whiskey distilling a distillery opened, but it's it's up in the north, so it's quite close, closer than what we are today. Um, and then we're opening another one in Swansea, which is in the south as well, um, but maybe more accessible um, than where we are now. So yeah, we're hoping we will get um, even bigger visitor centres there as well as production. It's really exciting for us at the moment. Just to go back to what you said with the launch and the Prince of Wales helping to kick that off, I mean. If if there hasn't already been discussion about this, I feel like there's a movie in the making about the, the Welsh <laughs> distillery that could that you know started back up on the back of a pub napkin and an idea, and then yeah. has you know we couldn't get a prince to kick this off. No, no we tried. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> Sorry, we asked. We asked like five, and every one of them said no. We went to Denmark, and it, no. Like one prince, none. There's not one that's going to kick our thing off. But no, that's that's really awesome. I I have a question. Um, uh, I want both of you to talk about it, but it's a it's kind of a, a funny thing. Chris said it looks like Chris said in, in one of the quotes that watching Ista um, work is like watching Jimi Hendrix play the guitar. I'm a huge <laughs> Hendrix fan. I gotta know what if that's tell me what does that look like because I'm, I'm in my head I'm thinking. It's, it's, you need bleachers and you need an audience just sitting there watching it all happen. And then everyone leaves with like tears in their eyes. Is that, what is that? Maybe yeah, I could... would like to see that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's just because you're a natural, you are just a natural at it. No, to be honest, really, I, it's my job. I'm, I'm just doing the job and I don't, think that I'm doing something special 
<laughs> because it's my job. It's like uh, you come into work uh, and you see your plan, what, what you need to do, and you just crack on on it. Uh, one day, maybe you'll be surrounding thousand samples and uh, and they will be going and trying to put something together. And next day, maybe you're going in the warehouse and shouting on your operators because they're doing <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's just like, yeah, I, I I don't know why you came up with that comment. <laughs> I, I've heard it and uh, it made me laugh and uh, everyone else uh, were teasing me for a day. <laughs> We can <laughs> we compare people like you. We say it all the time as rock stars to us. And I've heard <laughs> distillers like and people in the industry they that are they say the same thing. I mean, we had um we had a Cooper on, and we said, "Man, it's so cool." And he's like, "I'm a Shug Cooper." McMurray. He's like, "I'm a Cooper." It's just my job. <laughs> Whiskey spirits in general. It's 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 the center metaphorically in reality in everybody's dinner table, you know, it's, it's a conversation piece. It's a celebration. It's a birthday. It's a wedding. It's, you know, it's a reason to gather and to have a conversation and it loosens you up a little bit. There's flavor. There's something to talk about. And it's, it's a big part of everyone's world really. And you're producing that. So I don't know if Hendrix is big enough, dare I say, to really, <laughs> really as a, as a, as a, yeah. Um, somebody's gonna, no, there's a lawsuit. The Hendrix organization, excuse me? No, John but we're yeah. at that level. Yeah. No, but you mm-hmm. are, you are producing something that people, you know, build groups around. People build, you know, identity. They seek out and they wanna, they wanna experience that next piece. And I don't know if that weighs on your shoulders, but you, you, you talk about different countries wanting and experiencing different things and, I know, you know, France wants a different whiskey than America wants. We want a higher proof. They want a lower proof. Or they want an age statement, they, whatever. That's because there's an audience that wants to experience what you tell them is the right. And they trust. They trust you. They trust you, too. Um, people like you. When we drink a whiskey, we don't just say that's good. We say that distiller, that blender killed it. Good job. So we're, we see that in the barrel and the bottle and everything. So, yeah, you definitely are. I don't... I haven't seen you work yet, but I'm going to pick a rock star for both of you. If we ever visit, I'm going to watch both of you in action, and I'm going to pick whatever artist that may be. And, and for the record, when we come to visit you guys, we we will stand there and cheer. I'm the just going to stand there like this. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, they might have body oh, paint on or something. Mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a great comment, and is is well. It kind of like a tap on my shoulder. You're doing a great job. Now, it's, it's really it's a huge privilege to hear that, and it's, I'm I'm happy I'm happy that people enjoy it uh, what we are doing. But uh, like uh, for ourselves, we really nah, we're not the rock stars. <laughs> we're not the, on the on the stage. Um, just I, sometimes I feel like I'm a a uh, gray lab mouse somewhere in the tasting room <laughs> is putting things together. Except it's whiskey instead of cheese, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was curious too. Um, so I'm thinking back about kind of the, the core series that Pandaren has with the legend, the myth and Celt, right? I'm curious when you guys were kind of talking through with the team and figuring out what else you wanted to expand with Pandaren, how did the idea of making something like this, this bourbon tasting deliciousness come into play? Uh, usually it's coming um, that, um, oh, is new icon coming? 
what whiskey we're gonna put in. <laughs> and then I, I sit around, look at my database and check what kind of cask we got there. Um, depends on the size of the batch, we're planning of doing it. Of course, you need to have availability. So you check what the, what we got, um, what we can do. And then uh, giving the list to my operators to get me all those samples and then I start playing and see what's, what is a nice, uh, nice, nice way to put together and what's, uh, will be, um, um, for the customers, what uh, they would like. And after uh, the three, four samples, when the, they are with me, I'm passing to to the girls and then after to the rest of the tasting team. And uh, then we all sit together when we can. <laughs> now it's like all the uh, Zoom calls, mm. <laughs> but uh, we used to sit in one round table and uh, oval table and uh, uh, talk about it and then uh, we'll make decision what we're releasing. As a single cask, um, it's uh, like I mentioned before, it usually is uh, uh, through the tasting process, uh, what is coming something and usually putting on a site and and then customers is uh, asking for some samples. So then you're kind of selecting where to send what and uh, after their are tasting palettes uh, are saying what the, which one is uh, for their market would be maybe suitable or what they most uh, uh, liked and uh, and then after they're telling us what they want. There's a huge demand for um, single casks at the moment. Well, yeah. it's been growing over the over the years, and I've been at shows where they've launched their new single cask, and obviously these are limited bottling, and they've actually sold out in a day. So I think people are just latching on to that and they're saying, I need a new single cask, I need this, I need that. And they're just really popular at the moment and they sell out and they're really good quality and, um, yeah, they're really special bottlings. So, you know, no wonder they sell out on the day. <laughs> so to speak a little on um, what's, you know, things that are popular in this area versus that area, bottlings and all that, uh, if, if you speak on as much as you can, the the bottles themselves. So we've already heard a whole story about the just sort of the um, the core line and why it's now got a dragon because it, it has to it has to look Welsh. So now it's got a dragon on it. Um, but you've got the whole you know the you've got the Welsh Gold series and you've got the the sing, the single cast series and all that. Are are you guys a part of or can you speak to at all the decisions to make these the what what bottles for them to go in? Um, because they're all they're all unique to the specific line, but they're also all sort of uniquely Pandaren at the same time. Um, it just, I, I guess, marketing the look of a bottle is is that something that that you guys have anything to do with? Um, I think that's mainly done by the marketing team and the directors. Um, but occasionally we would um make, give our ideas on the icons range, for example. Um, because we sort of, given what story it is, the Icon series, um, it celebrates uh, historic Welsh events or Welsh people. Um, and then the marketing team sort of come up with the next Icon series and they will tell us the story. And sometimes Eister has to find a whiskey to fit that. So um, I suppose the whole team is included in developing what the bottle looks like and 
how the story is told um, with the whiskey and also the bottling itself. So, um, yeah, that's a, a package in itself, really. Um, so I, I would say if we have anything to do with the bottlings, um, it would basically be the icons range, if anything. I can't imagine how difficult it must be to take something as abstract as a story, let alone, you know, something that, that means something so much to Welsh heritage or Welsh, Welsh history, and then to try and boil it down into a taste, you know, how to translate something that hits on emotional, historical, you know, philosophical ideals, and then put it into something that when you sip, stirs up those same things. And I'm also going to, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb and think that probably a good number of our listeners are not too well acquainted with Welsh history. Um, I'm going to include myself in that. So maybe, um, Bethan, if you can tell us, you know, speaking about the Icon series, especially if you had a particular favorite one that, um, represented a story you're proud of that you could share with us. Um, yeah, I think my favorite one is probably the Royal Welsh. Um, so that's the sixth icon bottling that we did. Um, and I, I just like the story behind it. So as I previously mentioned um, about the last operating distillery being um, in North Wales, um, it was called the Royal Welsh Whiskey Distillery. Um, and I just like the fact that we've commemorated that story with a bottling Um and in a way, they were our, you know, our ancestors in the distillery industry. Um, and yeah, we've, we've commemorated them and I think that's really good. And the bottles, there are some bottles, um, left from that distillery and we actually have one here. So they, they sell for thousands of pounds. Um, we've still, we have one of those bottles here in the visitor center. Um, no one can touch it. <laughs> no one's ever touched it. But, um, yeah, we've, we've been told that it was uh, a peated whiskey. Um, so Eister then had to put something together just to tell that story. So, it, but also we want, we want to experiment with this range as well. So we like to do something different at the same time. So then Eister came up with this fantastic whiskey. Um, and it's a peated portwood. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a port finish, but with peat added in. So it's something completely different. And, um, yeah, it, it's a peated finish, the same as the original distillery would, would have been as well. So it's, it's a nice story, I think. How tight, is, how tight is the, uh, security there? <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have told you that, should I? <laughs> I'm here to do the bottle cleaning. Yeah, they hired me. They already, they wanted me to yeah, take it that, out. That bottle is in the, uh, plastic frame but sadly is still evaporating <laughs> yeah oh, no. that's sad <laughs> i have some of those that i just don't get to they, they evaporate <laughs> um yeah that's awesome what i'm gonna i i always ask this question and everybody hates it and i i'm just gonna keep asking and i'm gonna make it my thing get ready <laughs> um what what is your favorite that you've produced and you're gonna give me the whole they're all my favorites because I have kids. So I'm supposed to say they're all my favorites, but we do have a favorite, right? No, but can you tell me about a whiskey that you've made or you've been a part of that really stood out to you and meant something deep and, and maybe there's a little more layer. And the cool thing about whatever your answer will be, it'll make that whiskey taste better to us too. Cause that's what happens, right? Not, most of what you taste is what you think. So is there a whiskey that comes to mind when I, you know, that really stands out? 
When uh, when I started the pandemic in 2012, uh, uh, it already was going. Um, Madeira finished, Peter finished, Porto finished, Sherry finished. So it's like it's uh, those uh, batches. Uh, it kind of like uh, I've learned from Doctor Swan uh, what to do, how to put them. Uh, it just uh, trying to keep consistency because uh, trying to slightly improve that to towards a better way and uh, and just uh, is carry on. Um, Viva, like Bethan mentioned, Viva icons. Uh, I had a chance a bit uh, to put the um, mine <laughs> into it uh, to do something different. So it kind of like the mixing two different finishes uh, instead of being just the one finish. So um, I was really pleased uh, to start off uh, with uh, the first uh, icon, which. Uh, I put together and it was pr approved by Dr. Swan. It was uh, uh, Brunturville and uh, it was uh, just a straight bourbon and uh, it was uh, uh, European whiskey and a whiskey Bible by Jim Murray. So that was kind of like really uh, kind of boost up for me that, that wow, it was great and like uh, the other people really like, uh, like it as well. But um, the latest icon, which is Rhiannon, is uh, a mix of uh, Sherwood and Grand Cru, which I would, for my, for me, it would be that what I, I would like most, <laughs> because it is again is, uh, is a two different uh, two wine finishes. Uh, one wine is very very dry, another one is uh, kind of medium and. Uh, was sweet and dry and the mix them all together it kind of like it gone really good balance and it's again it's uh, it's um the fruity is spicy and the dry fruits going there and the red berries and i think yeah it went really nice well my story might not be as exciting as Eister's, but um we used to do a, a small batch ritual um and i think You'll have to remind me, Esther, but didn't Dr. Jim Swan do the first batch? First two. First yeah, two first two uh, we put together. Well, first uh, we put together and second uh, it was Laura because I was on the maternity. And the third one, uh, because it was so popular and people uh, wanted, uh, the company said, oh, we'll need the, we need the game. So the third one, the, um, it, sadly, uh, Dr. Swan passed away. So I tried to come up with something close, but what, what, uh, we worked together. Yeah. So that's, it's a beautiful bottle and it's really well balanced and it was one of my favorites. But then because, like I said, it was so popular, we actually, um, made the rich oak part of the, the gold range. Um, and I think that's just, yeah, it speaks for itself. It's a lovely whiskey and it's really exciting that we've got to make it part of the core range um, and it's more available to everyone now. Um, yeah, it's, it's less exclusive than, you know, the, the small batch bottlings, but I'd say it's just as good. The bottle that you got on your table is kind of like it, it was a similar style from the first uh, free limited edition, just slightly weaker. Uh, and was three, four casks put together, but it was uh, close to the style which you got. 
I'm happy with the style that we got. That's yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Silly good. <laughs> silly, silly good. good. <laughs> silly good. No one says that. How good? Silly good. I don't know. Maybe is that the new? Would you steal it? <laughs> no, no, no. I know. <laughs> that used to be our grading system. It still is. Still is. We 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 would say. Back in our early days, if we really liked a whiskey, everybody said, was it a five star? How you rate it? So we would say, would you steal this? Would you go into a store, risk prison for a bottle? And I would. I would rob the shop of this bottle. I would look <laughs> so, him in the eye as I was walking out, too. Is it is it an armed robbery? Or are you going that far? No, I'm walking okay. in, okay. taking That's it off fine. the shelf. I'm taking this. And then I'm leaving. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. That's that's, that's how good that's that is. Hardcore. That's hardcore. Yeah. I'd say it's well, about that good. That's a five star. We, we had that rating system here. I think they'd have CCTV on us the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with that one from the old distillery, just right shining in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Ocean's Eleven heist that one. <laughs> I think I think there was a time where we would have been in you know, invited into the distillery. I think we've kind of it's chi- not, it's not we've chiseled anymore. away at that. So. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry about that, guys. We'll, we'll save that dream. <laughs> That's right. That's so funny. I, I was going to ask the two of you. So with all these awards Darren's racking up, right? European Whiskey of the Year and the whiskey in Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible you mentioned, double gold medal, a San Francisco World Series competition, plenty of plenty of accolades coming out of there. Is there a specific award that you guys have your eyes on that you haven't gotten yet that you really are, are gunning for in your future? Yeah, um, well, we had uh, one double gold for Peter, which was, for me, a really surprised that in international uh, wine and spirit competition. But uh, every year is uh, really, um, for other uh, whiskeys, is always gold, uh, not uh, no gold, silver, bronze, and uh, really, I think it just once or twice we have the gold. So I really, really would be would pleased if our Madeira would won gold one year. It's got to <laughs> be on the is way. Is our house style is uh, our main whiskey, and I really, really would be over the moon. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna. You no, know, it's it's that good. It, it's got it one R. Would you steal it? Award and typically when something <laughs> wins that, and the medal, we'll, we'll send. It's a trophy. It'll it'll be in the mail. Um, when you, somebody wins that, they typically then win gold. It just that's how it happens. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, because they listen to our podcast first, and then they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we will we'll do that, do that. Straight up, I I heard that back when you know like award shows were a thing. Um, there's a tradition among the actresses who are nominated for back, best actress in a motion picture, right? And they have to go to this one very high end uh, purse designer. And apparently that's like good luck that whoever shows up with the best designer or designed purse from that, that boutique is the one that ultimately gets the Oscar. So cash it's the same thing. It's the exactly this. There's no, we're a high end purse. (laughs) Yeah. We're, I, we've been called worse than that. Um, is that real? No, that's a hundred percent. That's a real thing. Helen Mirren has bought many a purse. (laughs) That's bizarre. And she's super famous. Meryl Street probably owns the boutique. Is it this? Is it cheating to come with more than one bag just in case? Just a bunch, a bag full of bags is what you want to go with, right? Yeah. I don't know. So if you're, I'm right now, you've won gold in our heart. Is that cheesy? Is that good? 
Is that good? <laughs> so there it is. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Awesome. All right. So as we're as we're sort of starting to wind down here, um, if you guys could tell us, is there anything that you uh, want to plug your social media handles, website, whatever, um, anything? Uh, keeping in mind that this is coming out uh, this month in March. Um, uh, anything coming up that you guys want to talk about or anything at all, your kids, rugby team, I don't know. Um, <laughs> just anything that you guys want to plug or promote while you're, while you're on our podcast. Um, Bethan, if you want to go first and then we'll switch over to Ista. Um, yeah, I just wanted to mention about the, the single casks that we have on offer. So I think the existing single casks that we, we have on offer in the US are now sold out from our importers, but are available in some retail stores. Um, and then we have two forthcoming single cask releases um, and the two X Ruby Porch single casks. So they're really excited to keep your eye out for, on those. Um, and then we're hoping that we'll be able to start um, sending our Icons of Wales range over. So um, we have two that would be available soon, hopefully. Um, and then we have another one in the pipeline as well, which isn't yet available in the UK. So as soon as it's out in the UK, hopefully it'll be over in the US shortly after. Yeah, and uh, talking through the single cask is another three or four coming to your to you. <laughs> well, not exactly to you, but towards uh, America. <laughs> so if if anyone is interested in it, you need to contact the Impex Beverage, and uh, I don't remember what is their numbers or anything else <laughs> so <laughs> we'll google that too <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sure I, um if we google it they'll find out <laughs> but I yeah think, i just gonna say um i think there'll be updates on social media as well so um on instagram with pandaren.distillery and uh pandaren distillery on facebook as well Awesome. Well, we're definitely going to continue to plug everything Pandaren. We love what you guys have been doing. And we really appreciate the time that you've spent with us today to give us insight into how you do it. So very much appreciate it, guys. No problem. No problem. Thanks for having us. All right. That'll do it for us today, Cast Chasers. So hopefully you enjoyed listening in to the special releases coming out from Pandaren. Definitely keep an eye out for the single malts they have coming out the 13 and the 15 year. And make sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Cask Chasers, also online at www.caskchasers.org, or drop us a note at podcast at caskchasers.org. Till then, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase. <laughs>